Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. For those of you that don't know, our, we typically take three about three goes to start this correctly. And this is the first time after about 60 episodes, we've both pressed go and it's gone. Hole in one. Yeah, we're doing quite well. I'm, quite so proud I'm, I'm actually double checking just to make sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm rocking and rolling. I'm Not flying, mate. Again, I think we've missed a couple of weeks. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we've been we away. only missed one week. We missed one week. Yeah, last week, because I the week you were away, I did a solo, didn't I? Oh, yeah. So it's only one week. There's only one. It just you... feels like it's been forever. Oh, it's two, yeah, it's just been two for you, isn't it? One for me. But we have today, today's little uh, episode. I'm not actually sure we've done a um, podcast on this one, which is all about actually taking a diet break and when not to diet. Which Speaking I about think... this, you know, you did a you did a solo one whilst you're away, whilst I was away. Yeah. Yeah, you never told me and you to upload it. Hi. <laughs> so, guys, you would have had a podcast actually this week, but I didn't know Hayden did one. Because I was like, did you do one? I was like, I swear we, we didn't do one. Hayden did do one. Um, I so did a, we'll last get... one I did was a solo. Yeah, because we've got episode 61 here. And then there's episode 60. Episode 61. So 60, episode 62. So this is oh, episode we'll, 63. Welcome to Well, we'll work 63. it out. We'll work it out. No I, I, might have, I might have messed up there, but we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, today's one is, I'm not actually sure we've spoken about this before, which is actually talking about like a diet break and <clears throat> when to potentially take one and what are the kind of signs of you needing a diet break. Now, the reason this has come about as well is it's, it kind of leads on from the last couple of episodes that we've spoken about, right, when it comes to actually dieting and there being a right and wrong time to do it. Uh, summer, prime example, typically more socials. And this is something that I've done quite heavily with a lot of my clients is analyzing, actually seeing, okay, well, what, what, what does our like next eight weeks look like? What do the next three months look like? How many socials are there going? Is it, is it practical to actually start dieting now? Or should we be looking um, actually further ahead and saying, you know, we can strategically do more of a diet break. But it's definitely something that people don't actually think about as much because when we start to diet or when we start trying to lose weight, our only thought process is if we are not constantly losing weight or if we are not constantly dieting, we are not seeing um, any success. So this leads me to the point of when, Ryan, should we potentially be thinking about taking a diet break or when shouldn't we be dieting? So there is no right or wrong answer to this. or There is no specific answer, should I say. There is kind of like a right or wrong answer. Well, not really, but like ultimately when it comes to diet breaks, they are a good thing to do to reduce what we call diet fatigue, which really is just for a psychological break. There used to be some research in regards to like if you have higher days when you're dieting, for like three days, you'd have a benefit 
hormonally in regards to like a reduction, obviously, in, in your hunger and things like that. I'm pretty sure there was some recent research because I remember seeing a couple of other people online that I follow talking about how actual like it was either refeeds or diet breaks aren't don't have that much impact in regards. I think it was the physiological. So really, I mean, that for the most part um, is by the by because we know that, you know, sleep and things like that, that you're going to get benefits from it. But basically you want to have a diet break when times are going to be super duper stressful and it's going to be hard for you to adhere. But also when you find that your motivation's lacking and you've been dieting for a while and you're struggling to like keep yourself geared up to it, you find your hunger's not not working in your favour, you find that your um, energy's maybe lacking, you find that your sleep's not great. It's like if you're starting to see signs that you're in a diet, that might be a good time to do that or perhaps social event holiday, these kind of things. That is kind of the the blanket underlying times as to when you'd want to take a diet break. You threw me well under the bus there. I was kind of just mesmerised listening to you. Yeah, no, sorry. I also realised, um, sorry, podcast dude, Andy, <coughs> I didn't even put the headphones in, so there's going to be a background noise as well for you to have fun with. Um, yeah, no, uh, 100%. Like, I think... I think there's two things for me, right? When I, if I'm looking at a client's um, success or I'm looking at a client's head, like one of the biggest things that I do when I'm on board with my clients is I actually get them all to plan out what, what does the next three months look like? So I got everyone to put on a piece of paper. What does the next three months look like? And it's job as my coach there to help them manage their expectations to analyze what's going on here. So if we can see that there's a particular month or there's a particular couple of weeks inside of that like three month block, then this is how I strategically plan out these diet breaks. And um, I showed them, actually, do you know what? You're still going to see a tremendous amount of success through this because over that 12-week period that we've laid out, you're only taking like three weeks at a maintenance, which means you're really then, you know, pretty much nine weeks out of the 12, you're dieting. But I don't know if, when this gets released, there's not going to be exact dates or stuff, but I I basically proved this on my uh, stories yesterday. And I've got a couple of clients at the moment that they've been, both of them are around like the 10 week mark with me, have been coaching, but both of them have had three weeks at maintenance in that stage. One client in particular that has, um, she's lost uh, 10 kilos in 11 weeks and she's taken a three week diet break. So at three weeks out of those 11 weeks, she's been at a maintenance and she's still on average nearly like just ever so under, but like she's nearly averaging like a kilo loss a week, which is a huge amount for anyone that has been like dieting before. Like losing a kilo every single week isn't sustainable. Like it's, it's a huge, huge amount to lose. Um, and here's the really interesting thing about her as well is you would think logically, you would think that maybe that would come from like an obese person that has a huge, huge, huge amount to lose. Uh, she actually doesn't like she's, we're not talking like 30, 40 kilos here or anything like that. So this is where the numbers are even more impressive, but I'd almost attribute a lot of her success to the diet breaks that she's had because we've strategically planned those diet breaks. There's nothing physiological that's happened here. There's no magic science in doing the diet breaks that has like upregulated her hormones tremendous amount or anything. It's just made the dieting process for her so much more manageable. And again, instead of trying to go into these social situations with frustration, right? 
And then we go into this endless dieting loop where we try and stay as close as we can to um, quote unquote the plan. And then inevitably that doesn't happen because, you know, it's unrealistic for you to maintain. You then have that sense of failure. And because you have that sense of failure, you think the only result now is to drop the calories even lower the following week, which then becomes even more sustainable. And eventually you go into that dieting loop where you're just like constantly starting again Monday, starting again Monday, and just nothing ever really moves in the right direction because you're never actually, um, you've never got your energy balance correct. Whereas when you do these strategic diet breaks um, at maintenance, so for anyone that doesn't know, when we say diet break, we're talking about just upping our calories to maintenance. Maintenance being where you maintain your weight, you don't lose it, you don't gain weight. Gain weight. Mm-hmm. So uh, body fat. But what, what we do is strategically up it to that phase to give them more calories to play around with these social situations. Now, just like mm-hmm. Brian said there, like another really, can you hear Bodhi? Only a little bit, it's fun. It's like really low background. Um, Shut up, you little swine. <laughs> that's my uh, little golden retriever you can hear. Um, little. Yeah, big now. Yeah. Um, but the other sign is, um, is just like Ryan mentioned, was actually hitting a bit of diet fatigue. So I hear that this is like a really, really common thing as well, is where people say, oh, you know, I don't really want to track like my calories anymore. I'm getting a bit bored of tracking calories. Like they're eating the same thing over and over again. Again, that can just be diet fatigue of basically like being at the lower side of the calories for too long. And actually, what I mean, I used to, I, I remember when I was, um, I was really, really diligently like tracking my calories when I was going through a dieting phase. I used to love giving myself like strategic diet breaks. It was something really fun to look forward to and even like continue to track that, the higher calories. It was amazing. Like got another like 700 calories that I could play around it potentially which is always so good. Um, but yeah, it's when you see see uh, a little bit of diet fatigue and what that may look like for you is, like I said, like you feel like everything's getting a bit tougher. You know, you feel uh, maybe slightly over-restricted, uh, maybe um, even just a sign of feeling like really lethargic and fatigued, right? So if we go through a stage of feeling super lethargic, uh, fatigued, again, it's, a, a, by the way, you're not broken. It's a very, very normal process. Like think about it. We're in a deficit. We are not consuming as much nutrients as we once was, um, or we we like our body maybe needs because it's controlled starvation. So you're naturally going to downregulate a, a lot of metabolic processes. So you do feel hard. I know we've we've had this conversation haven't we before, right? Like I remember when you went through that um, big dieting phase, and I did it. And I don't know if anyone's gone to the depths of this before. But when you really, really, for female, like a, a really obvious sign is like the loss of a cycle, right? That's when you're like really pushing it a little bit too far. But I remember one incident of sitting on my sofa and I can't remember. It was, I was watching a program and then it was something like Jerry Springer came on or something like that. Some, some <laughs> I used to love that as a kid. Jerry, Jerry, yeah. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> basically something outrageous just came on and I did not want to watch it but the thought of me having to lean forward and or stand up and go pick up the controller that was on the other side of the room I would have rather just watched Jerry Springer and sat there that's how like down regulated my metabolic process were I couldn't even bother to go change the channel Um, and that in itself there it was a massive indicator I was like okay I've probably pushed this dieting bit too far I need to start to go up to maintenance again 
in actual fact, I would probably go as far to say, and you know, please, 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 if you disagree, Martin, feel free to say it. I'd probably go as far to say for someone to have a successful dieting phase, depending on, you know, the length of the diet, how much they got to lose, you have to go through maintenance at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think especially most of you listening to this, you're going to have a lot to lose to be able to just diet solidly for like, you know, some of you other, you're going to have like 12, 14 months ahead of you, right? If not longer, if you've got a lot to lose, it's a long time to be in, a, in like dieting, like dieting does rely on you to be more fo- food focused than normal. You're going to be doing things that do require effort after a while, it is going to drag, right? That You know, you can't make it kind of flavoursome. And depending on how long you last, if that makes sense, oi, oi. It, depending on how long you last, is completely individualistic as well. Grow up, Ryan. Because I know for, like, I know for myself, and I think I've said this before to you, Hayden, is that I know around the 14 to 16 week mark is when I can just like dig in 14, 16 weeks. It's typically when I'm like... Now, this time it's been different because... I've been dieting so bloody slowly for like the past like five months because I had so many social occasions. I haven't had to take a break because the social occasions ultimately mm. have kind of like been just like the un, like I haven't specifically taken a break, but I'm just like, meh. Whereas if you kind of like, cause I've had weekends, right. But if you just have like normal, just like day social occasions, it's different because I've had weekends and like holiday stuff. So what you've got to kind of do is ultimately again, it's like just thinking and listening to you and your body. And this, I think is so much, revolves back around to just thinking and feeling and like listening to internal like cues. Do you know what I mean? I think so many issues that we face up in life because we don't just stop and think this is the same as it. How do you know if you need a diet break? Well, how long have you been dieting for? You know, most of you can probably diet eight to 12 weeks before needing a break. Most of you, at least eight weeks, I would say before really needing a break, especially if you had a few social occasions in those eight weeks, you've had kind of like, a little bit of outlet almost, even just from a psychological standpoint. You Maybe you're feeling like Hayden said, like flagging with energy. You're starting to lose motivation. You know, you're craving a lot more foods. Maybe your sleep hasn't been that great. And maybe you're feeling a little bit more sore from the gym. It's like, those are all kind of good signs. You're like, oh, you know, I've been dieting for maybe 12 weeks now. I'm feeling a little like, you know, I'm three months in. I've still got obviously a long way to go. It might be a good plan place for you to just go to maintenance for a week or maybe even two weeks right just to give you a break before diving back in an easy way to think about it right is think about how good and motivated you are in the first three three to four weeks of dieting you're like yeah man i'm backing out ready to rock and roll that is how it then starts to pitter off right it's totally normal so this is where a diet break comes in because you then once you had a diet break it's like having a deload in the gym, right? You have a diet break and then you have that excitement to, yeah, cool. I haven't lost any weight for two weeks. So I'm having a diet break. Just getting, make yourself feeling physiologically and psychologically better. I'm ready to dive back in and start dropping body fat again. And then you have that, like, that, that, that newbie almost like motivation and drive again, don't you? Like, with being like, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm ready to kind of like get back on my weight loss journey again. And that's what it serves, I think, more than a physiological standpoint. I think it's just such a good psychological kind of like break and then you understand a bit like kind of like push and pulls with regards to like when you can push harder maybe when you know, see you're about to go away from an all-inclusive for a week it's like it's probably a good time to take a diet break and just increase your calories and even have a few days 
you know, sometimes it's like, depending on the individual, I might be like, okay, cool, look, we're going to have a diet break. I want you to go up to maintenance, but actually just for two days, I don't want you to track calories. I even want you to take a break from tracking calories just to give you a bit of time away from it because of obviously it's quite heavily food focused. And this is where it all comes down to knowing you, knowing signs and knowing what you're like. I know when I'm getting it because I'm being a little bit less diligent with my tracking I'm going over my, like, you know, here and there, I've gone over my calories quite a lot recently, by about 200 probably. I've got a couple of hundred over, but I have been slamming myself into a deep deficit because I'm going to Creamfields in like 10 days, right? But I now know feeling it after, and me and Hayden played a football game yesterday. Today, my recovery on my aura ring was lower. I feel achy. My body is hurting and it was already hurting from the gym. So now I've played football. So I'm like, I probably need a bit of a break. So today I'm simply choosing to have like a refeed day. I'm eating more calories today. I've got a social occasion having pizzas tonight anyway. And I'm like, actually, that's quite a predominant time because I've only got a week left of diet. I'm not bothering. But for myself, I would probably have a uh, a diet break this week if I wasn't, didn't have an end goal. Does that make sense? Because I'm noticing I'm achy from the gym. I'm noticing that like, I'm not feeling as like motivated to do it and things like that. Yeah, no, it's 100%. I think you hit the nail on the head there with, um, like, it really depends. Because what I don't want people to take from this podcast is, okay, Hayden's saying that because I've been dieting for a while now, I should have my calories higher. Like, it's very, very, very dependent on person to person. Like, when we run our six-week fat loss accelerator, which, you know, if anyone's interested in fast-tracking your results over the next six weeks... uh, Drop a link in the show notes we're going to do, or yeah, we can drop a link in the show notes or message me or Hayden the word fast because the female fat loss accelerator is for fast fat loss to lose those seven pounds pretty damn quickly. And we utilize things like refeeds and that, um, which is where Hayden's going with it, yeah. And and like if you're doing like an intense period of like six weeks where you are leveraging like the real, real lower side of the calories, then your refeed or your, well, it's not called a refeed, let's call it a diet break. Your diet break is going to come around much, much faster. Whereas if you're doing something like Ryan's doing, which is like actually um, a much slower process. So I'd even say, I'd even argue if someone's maybe only being in a 10% deficit every single day, they probably could go the best part of like 24 weeks without, I mean, again, very individualistic, but you know, you probably could because your calories are, only going to be roughly about 200 calories less than your maintenance. So you still get a good amount of like calories to diet on really. And, but your, your progress over that 20, 22, uh, 24 weeks would be the progress that you would have got in 12 weeks. If you yeah. weren't at the lower side, you see what I mean? Um, yeah. And this is, and it, and it, and it, like, this is where that there comes a place, you know, I ultimately, I'm doing it, but I'll probably come back after Creamfields and keep going because I go away again, only a golf weekend, but it kind of gives me like a target. Do you know what I mean? Like I personally have to have a target. Even if it's a golf weekend, I don't, I'm not taking my top off at the golf weekend. You know, it doesn't matter about that, but I just, I, I need specifics that make sense. And also football is going to help. But what it does is like, it allows you to like push harder at times as well. So like at the moment I'm dieting on around, it's around 1900 calories, 10,000 steps a day. And I was doing... 90 minutes of cardio a week. Well, at the moment, I'm literally doing 15 minutes of cardio every day, 10K steps and 1900 calories. Now, is doing 15 minutes of cardio every day. 
sustainable? No, because it requires a lot of effort. But I've only done it for two weeks. I was like, okay, the three weeks before I go, I'm just going to go all in and do it. But the reason is it allows me is because I'm going to go to Creamfields and I'm going to have a week of just like drinking and eating what I want. So that's where I'm almost going to get a whole break from this dieting. I'm not going to care. I'm not going to be tracking my food, not worrying about it, right? I'm just going away to enjoy myself at a festival. I would not have done that if I still had X amount of time to go. So what it does do is it's like, oh, actually, if I'm going to take a diet break in two weeks, you then actually can be like, actually, you know what? I could probably just push harder for a week, maybe two weeks before I've got the diet break because you've got this re- this like release in a couple of weeks anyway, that it means that you can push a little bit harder and push the boundaries. Does that, does that make sense? Mm, yeah. Uh, just because you mentioned golf, did you, I think was it, I don't know if I sent it to you or not, I was meant to, but I saw a reel that was of this guy he, and it was like, it was like this, it was in, I think it was in like Madeira, it was like Portugal, wasn't it? So he was in Portugal and he was, he was just about to like, he was just basically swinging the golf club and it was like, you know, when you've got those, um, uh, you know, uh, those folk called things. No, basically, what the whole it was like a comedy very well. It's like when you when you go on a golf holiday and you're tee, tee offs at nine o'clock, but you're still in the club at five a.m. Yeah, in a little town in Portugal at, two, at like two a.m. He's just dancing across the dance floor. Yeah, <laughs> it is, mate. It is like. It's like Portugal for those of you that are listening. If you haven't been to Portugal, you should go. The great thing was we we went we went out of season, so we went at like when did I go? It was like April March time, wasn't it? It was quite yeah. early on, mate. It was perfect. It was like twenty degrees, not too hot. So you weren't too hot playing golf, but the evening was cool and it wasn't really busy. Like there was like it was literally either families with young kids because the young kids aren't school yet, so they were able to get out on holidays when it's slightly cheaper out of season. Or it was just like other golf. I mean, there was a lot of just like middle-aged men out there with like living, living their younger, living their younger lives. Some of them were still in their golf kit at like maybe it was all like one a.m. Right, and we're at these bars, and some of them are still in their golf wear from the day, <laughs> like, <laughs> like with their trousers and polos on. And I'm like, you've definitely got wife and kids at home. See, that's like the exact atmosphere, isn't it? Is that yeah. where? You, you always know the people that have gone hard because they are still in their golf, uh, the golf, they're still in their ski stuff. Yeah. They're like, like clubbing in salopettes and goggles. Yeah. <laughs> At the bottom of the mountain as well, where there's no lifts. Nah, nah, that's it. And, you know, just to kind of go full circle here, that like that is why it's so important with diet breaks. I think everyone assumes that you have to, and this is why it doesn't matter if you go over your calories in like a couple of days throughout this process, because actually, you know, it's benefit, like sometimes you're like, actually social events, things are beneficial because it takes away that massive food focus of dieting. It gives you more calories. It gives you a bit of a break. Like whenever you are focusing, like no artist paints a picture for six months and does it every single day. They take days off. Otherwise, you know, you hear about people losing their creativity, losing their flair, everything like even football players professional sports players they take time off you know if they're doing stuff they'll have a week off training they have everything in life when you're working on something and you're putting a lot of energy and effort into it you have to take time off the reason you do it is because you will always come back better physiologically like with your body but psychologically because you've had that mental break you haven't had to worry about the usual stuff that you've had to concern because dieting does take effort it does take you know, discipline and, you know, some not restraint, uh, not restriction, but restraint at times when you're going. So to have these diet breaks is actually just so important for your longevity overall to be successful. So if you're out there and you're like, I've been dieting for ages, have a break, take a week, take two weeks up at maintenance, go up by, you know, five, 700 calories, however many calories you are in a deficit 
and I promise you it will benefit you long term. Play the long game rather than think you've got a diet for 8, 10 or 12 weeks. One, I think if everyone just started thinking instead of 8, 10, 12 weeks, 8, 10, 12 months, imagine if you went over your calories or imagine if you took a week diet break. You're like, well, I've only taken a week off of dieting at my maintenance. I'm doing this for 12 months, so it doesn't matter. Imagine if you take a week out of 12. You're like, oh, wow. Like that's, that's, you know, that's a higher percentage. Whereas, you know, you take one week out of 52 weeks. Well, you're like, well, that's not really a massive deal. Mm. No, it's yeah. like 1% or yeah. 2%, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. I think um, long yeah, term. So, so basically just rounding up this episode is like where, identifying when to know what, when to have a diet break. If you're feeling fatigued, like you've been dieting for a while, you're actively feeling um, that you're actually struggling with energy or anything like that. Also, it can just be a complete um, mental side of things. You, you feel like maybe, you know, you're, you have a lot of socials on and it's actually good strategic to put in a diet break here just because of all of these socials. Remember, the example that I gave my client, literally 10 kilos down in 11 weeks and had two weeks of dieting break. So out of that two, that two whole weeks out of the 11, she was literally eating about six, 700 more calories per day. And yeah. still amazing results. So it's not going to... Go well, I was going to say, an actual practical application, when you're tracking, calories go up, right? Depending on how much you're in a deficit, obviously you just need to rework out your calories. For the most of you, it's probably five to 700. Once you go up, protein wants to stay the same. Never adjust your protein. It comes wants to come from carbs and fats, mainly carbs, really. Fats never need to be really adjusted. Like once you get an adequate amount of fat in there, that can stay the same. We've got hiccups. Carbs are where it wants to be increased from. And sometimes it might benefit reducing your output because that's just all going to help reduce like accumulative stress and things like that. Um, so actually, you know, if you've been advocating like 12,000 steps, maybe you just drop it down to like 10 or something for a little bit. Or maybe if you've been, and if you've been exercising five times a week, maybe you drop it down to actually, I'm just going to go three times a week. It's all about reducing stress as well, like physiologically. Um, you know, so maybe even this week, maybe you take, you know, rather than seven days at 12,000, you're like, okay, actually two of those days, I'm just going to reduce it down to like 8,000 for like a couple of days to give my body a full bit of rest. That can also help if you reduce your output for a few days as well. I don't think you need to reduce it for a whole week, but just reducing your output for a few days can help reduce um, stress and that if you've been kind of pushing steps quite high as well. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, just know you don't have to do it 24-7 and you can still get amazing results. Pow, pow. Yeah. And also, if you want to join our Female Fatless Accelerator, DM me or Hayden the word fast. Click the links in our bio. Click the links in the description. And it is our six-week Fatless Accelerator program that is going to get you Shreddy Kruger and show you how to keep it off forever, though. <laughs> Did you like that one? Shreddy Kruger. Um, cool. Cool. Well, let's wrap this party up and we'll see you on another episode. Take it easy. Bye-bye.